your step. Try this on for size. It's Tastes great. It makes you feel kind of funny. Not here. Not down there. But all up in this area. Hello and welcome to another edition of Pop After Dark. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm hoping the recording sounds okay. It's picking me up. I can see that much, but uh, I'm not using my fancy microphone today. Just uh, a regular one because this was kind of an unplanned record. Um, it's a very strange 23rd, no, 24th, 25th, oh, 26th, oh, I should have remembered that, it's my mum's birthday, but then I don't talk to my mum anymore, so that's probably why I forgot. Um, it started off today very, very warm, hot, even, humid, and uh, I've come out now and uh, it's grey skies and light spit in the air. Very, very strange. Uh, it's annoying as well because I can't wear a coat because it's too humid. So I've got an umbrella, but I've not got to use it just yet. Um, this is a, a weird introduction because I'm actually on my way to see uh, The Secret Life of Pets 2. Electric Boogaloo. I'm not sure if that's the full title or not, but let's call it Secret Life of Pets 2. I'm on my way to see that now, but this episode we're not talking about Secret Life of Pets 2. We're actually talking about Aladdin. And uh, I saw that in a bit of a rush the other day, so I didn't recall the intro. So I thought, well, as I'm going to see another film, let's record an intro for this podcast. So I have, at the time of recording this, I have seen Aladdin and Ben has also seen Aladdin. Anyone that follows me on social media, I've been very, very quiet about Aladdin, having seen it. Um, ben has dropped hints at where he is with the film. I think we might be at, not polar opposites, but definitely we won't necessarily agree with this. Um, I think, uh, I think this should be a good episode, um, might be eating some humble pie, but before that, Secret Life of Pets 2, that's what I'm off to see today, uh, my wife and my daughter have already seen it today, and that's the reason I'm seeing it, because they, uh, they both said it was really funny, so I thought, well, it's only in 3D, they literally showed Aladdin for two days in 3D. And then Secret Life of Pets 2 came out, and then they were like, okay, well now we're showing this in 3D. So if you wanted to see Aladdin in 3D, tough. Uh, if you live local to me, because it's all in place with uh, the Secret Life of Pets 2, which uh, I think we've got, well, we, we've definitely got a few weeks before America. Uh, I think it's been released early over here because of the, the school holidays which are taking place at the moment. And we saw this happen earlier this year as well with um, Had to Train the Dragon 3. That came out about three or four weeks before it came out in America. So um, you're getting similar with Pets 2. So I might, I will talk about it on this episode. We won't review it because I don't think Ben's going to see it at all. So, uh, but that's it, just a supposedly brief introduction. How long have we been recording for now? About five minutes, six minutes, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's all it is. But, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode of Pop, where 
we will be discussing Aladdin. Um, actually, actually, just before I go, I've been thinking of um, trying to do some things outside the box a little bit. This has, and I'm happy with doing this about you know going and seeing films, reviewing recently released films. So that's not going to change. Uh, but I don't want it to just be that. So I've got an idea of doing an episode about Star Wars, uh, the new franchise, and uh, how the older original Star Wars fans are reacting to the new series and the, the final trilogy of the Skywalker saga. And uh, yeah, that's, that's an episode I'm definitely going to record. I'm just going to wait for confirmation from the person I'm going to record that with. Um, but I was just thinking, just in general, if there might be some episodes like that, just something a bit different you'd like to hear. So if you've got any ideas or if you want to come and guest on, uh, you can find us at Pop After Dark, I think, on Twitter. Or just just message me, The Nick Soap Dish, or contact disafterdark at gmail.com and let us know. All right, see you soon. Right, so as promised, I have... Um, dragged Ben kicking and screaming back into the studio uh, to talk about Disney's Aladdin. After fucking midnight. After midnight. Just <laughs> yeah. well, well, It's 5-2. It's, it's just before midnight at this moment. Um, <laughs> but I I expressed previously how... And, and I mean, I've done this upon multiple podcasts, including this one, uh, about how awful I thought this looked and how awful I thought it was going to be and we was both basically going to have to take one for the team in order to talk about it because of Disney and, and all that kind of stuff now I saw it not opening day I saw, I saw it on Thursday it came out you went and saw it I think Sunday just gone yeah, it, could, it could have been you, you kept having a go at me on Twitter to go see it yeah, so, I was like, right. yeah. so I basically forced you to go because I think you weren't going to now I've on, on Disaster Dark, which has already gone out, I have talked about how I felt about the film, and you, I think you've I've got not idea. listened. Well, no, who, who does? Um, but no, I did it on purpose. I did right. it on purpose. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to know how you feel about it until right now. And, and, and the thing is, I've been very coy. Like, I, I've been very quiet. I've been biting my tongue on social media about it. And also, I wanted you to go and see it, but I didn't want to tell you whether it was because I thought it was a masterpiece or I thought it was this year's Golden Turd. Um, so, I will well, tell you... I don't you, think it was either. Well, I will tell you that uh, it was not a masterpiece. I will also tell you it was not this year's Golden Turd. And, yeah, it was just... Well, I I personally think... Here's some controversy for you. I actually think it's their best live-action remake to date. I agree. That's that's impressive. But just because it's their best live action remake to date, which I completely agree with that sentiment, it's still just eh. So <laughs> that's where I am with it. It's just eh. Wasn't um, wasn't wasn't bad. It wasn't wasn't great. I mean, I I I went into this like really thinking, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. We've talked about the trailers. Um and again, across multiple podcasts, talks about the trailers and the spots, and that awful clip they released of Will Smith singing about two weeks before the film came out. 
which is which is awful, by the way. Yeah. Not just that clip, but Will Smith well. can't sing. And when they well, the, the 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 heavy amount of auto tuning on his voice was so apparent. I will say that. Well, I what I thought was interesting is I think they have tweaked the clip um, from the fight. Well, sorry, they've they've tweaked the final cut to the clip they released because that didn't sound exactly the same to me. Now, I've not listened to them side by side. Um, I don't have the, the power to do that, but I'd obviously got in there, not, you know, having seen this one minute 40s worth of him singing uh, the Prince Ali song from the film. Yeah. And in the, con- I, I don't think maybe in the context of the film, I don't know, um, but it didn't seem as awful as the clip released publicly. And I could work out if that was just a context thing or it was because they'd actually heard a bit of the feedback and decided to tweak it. I'm not sure. What you mean, like Dunasonic? Yeah, uh, but I, but I mean, it had been a bit late in the day for them to have done a Sonic to the whole film, so maybe they released a, a, an unedited clip, or I, I don't know. But it didn't sound the same when I was watching it as I had done, you know, on 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 Twitter or uh, Facebook the week before. That- I think that might not be uh, either either of what you're suggesting. It's neither a context or a or a tweak. It's um, the fact that you heard it through a decent sound system, which is possible. Absolutely, I'm I'm, I'm open to that. I'm open to that. Um, but you get more you get more of the bass end, and you get uh, you get you get more through a, a cinema sound system than you're going to get through a phone or even a TV. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with that sound. Your sound system does make a big difference. I know um, I used to have a little 5-1, quite a decent 5-1 surround sound system um, before we moved. And I'm a trained sound engineer, so I kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, it, and it, I mean, when you hear, when you're watching your TV through the inbuilt TV speakers and then you suddenly plug it into an amp, or an AV receiver, yeah. uh, the, the difference is you, you don't realise how awful it sounds. You just get used to it. And then oh, yeah, no, it's something just else. like... It's, it's just... There's no balance between the bass and the treble. I mean, you can make your TV speakers sound okay if you know what you're doing, if you go in and manually tweak, hmm. tweak the sound, but it's it's ball eight to do, and you've got you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah, it's the same with calibrating your TV. My when I watch 3D, and this is another thing, I saw Aladdin in 3D. Oh, and I didn't. I I don't actually now. A lot of people have been raving about the 3D. Um, I think my cinema is quite notorious for not actually watching their films before they played them, yeah. and so it was a lot darker, and it also ghosted a hell of a lot more than I'm used to seeing in um, a Disney. 3D film, they're normally pretty tight with their conversion. Most of them, I'd say 95% of their films are completely filmed in 2D and converted afterwards. But their oh, conversions yeah. generally aren't too bad. Warners are awful, but Disney are not normally too bad for their conversions. This one looks ropey. Um, and But due to what everyone else has said about seeing it in 3D, I think it, it's down to my cinema. But because I've got a so they're lazy bastards. Absolutely, it's all it's all automated, um, and because I've got a three D TV, and when I got it, I spent a lot of time with um, 
reference discs and um, like tutorial discs, actually calibrating it to you know the lights in in the room, like, like the the darkness in the room compared to uh, the contrast on the screen and everything like that. Um, when I watch a film in 3D, it looks shit hot. Um, and that's because I've spent a lot of time calibrating it. But most I mean, people don't. Fun fact, I was going to say, I used to have a 3D TV until my wife smashed it when we moved out. That was that was not very nice. It was an accident. Well, there you go. There's that. But, 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 but I, I miss it. Yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think 3D at home... Um, unless you're unless you're seeing something in something like IMAX or it's been filmed in 3D, I think watching it at home is actually generally better for the reasons yeah. I mentioned because you're able to to make it work. Um, whilst a lot of cinemas do everything automatically and it doesn't look great, um, and if they're lazy, and they don't change their and most don't change their projector bubbles as often as they should do. Um, that's why films are often a lot had a lot darker than they should be as well. But um, yes, Cineworld in Essex. <laughs> Cineworld, a lot of places to be fair, but yes, especially <laughs> Essex. Um, but uh, but yeah, so apparently the 3D is good, but I, I I can't at this moment comment. I will purchase it in 3D when it comes out, as I do generally do that for Disney releases anyway. Um, but let's talk about the film itself. Um, Will Smith obviously was the big sticking point for a lot of people because he's not Robin Williams and for me what I actually liked about Will Smith in this is that he wasn't as fresh prince as I had feared he would be but he also wasn't trying to be Robin Williams he almost tried to play it completely different he did that on purpose didn't he because he turned down the role initially from what I understand Yes, and to be honest, I think, um, I mean, I don't know who else they approached and who else was on that shortlist, but I think anyone that was on that shortlist must have felt very similar to him, that it was extremely big boots to fill. I mean, he's probably one of the most iconic roles in a in a Disney animated film that I can think of. Yeah, and I mean... Um... I would have been happy, and I said this from Word Dot, if they just made the genie a fully CGI character and stolen the voice clips from the original film. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably could have worked. I mean, I'm 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 glad in a way. I'm glad they they did what they did because if they'd have done that, it would have been a lot more of a shot for shot remake than what we actually got. And I think the other thing that I found did they do that though with the Cable Wonders because it kind of sounded like they did. No, so uh, it was it was the same voice. They did bring back uh, Frank Welker. He uh, was also doing, and I think he did in the original film, Abu as well. But he did come in and, and re, re-record all of his lines. Okay. Or, or the, the roles that he did. But that is why it sounds so similar, because it is the same voice. That's good. Yeah. So that's, that's the reason why. Um, there's a lot of con- controversy about... Um, reusing stuff like that anyway so i think they would have have you know if they wanted to use the same actor they would have had to get them into record it brand new um and i think that's good because whenever you do stuff like that where you're using old footage you you have to follow it you you can't change it or tweak it very much i mean i must admit whilst we were just quickly i know we'll get to it when we're running through the film but whilst we're on the point of the cable wonders the visual um 
the, the visual of the exterior of it was extremely disappointing to me. But but that's something we'll get on to. I think I know what you mean, but I think the other thing as well, and, and this is this is the big difference for me when you take an animated film and you turn it into live action, is although you know <laughs> the Cave of Wonders wasn't really there anyway. Um, the fact is that you're trying to put it into a seemingly real world. And With therefore... The fucking blue Will Smith. <laughs> we'll come to that. But so I think, <laughs> yeah. I think they have to kind of tone it down a little bit because if they make it as elaborate as they did in the original, it would have been even more jarring than it actually was. So I think they purposely turn, tone things like that down for that reason. I, you know that that's my guess. I don't know if that's exact, but I'd imagine if they had done it just, you know, exactly the same and the same kind of scale as the cartoon, it would have looked really ludicrous, as opposed to just a little bit ludicrous. Yeah, but yeah, no. Will Smith, okay. Will Smith Genie, Will Smith Genie. Um, so I I actually liked it. I had um no problem. I know some people have said this, but I had no problem personally with the fact that the film started out with almost like a flash forward. Yeah. And I guessed it was a flash forward. And the reason I didn't, it didn't bother me that much is because the original animated film has, although it, it's not, it it's supposed to be not genie, but it's, it's voiced by Robin Williams um, yes. to, to basically kick the film off. So I I personally didn't have a problem with that. In fact, I actually quite liked it. Um, and I actually thought as well, considering, again, all the trailers leading up to this, uh, none of it looked appealing. I actually think um, Mina Masood, I think I pronounced that correctly, who played really? Aladdin, was actually really good. I, I had no problems with him at all. No. I thought... Is absolutely fine in the role, and I think Naomi Scott was a really good casting for Jasmine as well. I, I thought she was fantastic, and I'm I'm after talking about it last week. Um, she's actually one of the new angels, so it might not be an absolute dumpster fire. This new Charlie's Angels film, I know it's still got Christian Stewart in it, but um, I think she's a good actress. Oh and... yeah, I completely agree, and I think she's also got a crack in singing voice. Yeah, and also she, I, I, I didn't realize until looking it up. Um, she was in, she was one of the only decent things in that Power Rangers piece of crap they released a couple of years ago. She was in that Power Rangers movie, yes, she was. Yeah, uh, which was generally um, awful, but um, you know there was a few good bits in it, and she was actually quite good in her role. Um, no, there were not a few good bits in it. Stop lying to anyone that's listening. To I, this. I mean, I mean, in terms of that, I think. You know everything else of the film was, you know, the, the I mean, the story was awful. Um, the effects <laughs> were pretty awful. Um, Fucking Krispy Kreme <laughs> and Krispy Kreme sponsorship everywhere. Um, <laughs> but but I th- I think I think she did well. Um, the the letdown in the trailers was of course uh, Jafar, and I think uh, I th- again. I think context is key because everything that we feared about him in that trailer, looking weak and puny and being a bit of a, a wet a, or a damp squib, um, was true. But yeah. I felt in the context of the film, it actually kind of well. worked. 
not only did it did it kind of work, um, I think the actor once again did a fine job. Yeah, I was. I was. He, he's relatively new in the world of Hollywood, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, look, we we spent the last episode slagging off Justice Smith for about forty minutes, rightly as well, because he's awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought actually, and again, this is because of where the changes are, and and I think when you see these trailers for these remakes of of classic films, you do automatically um, compare it to the original. Lion King, Lion King is a, a fantastic example where the trailer's pretty much full of shot for shots from the original film. Which is concerning me. Now it's very concerning me. I completely, I completely concur. Because where I think this actually ended up being a lot more of a success than I was expecting, and actually box office wise has been a much bigger hit than I expected it to be, is. It's, it's it's done better than expected, not just by me and you. It's done better than expected by the forecasters. Yeah, we Disney Disney were projecting somewhere between seventy five and eighty five, and it, I think it finished about one hundred and five. Yeah. Um, for for the four day, so yeah, it, it it's done really well. And also, what's interesting is um the the cinema um I can't remember what the 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 board that does it, I want to say it's like cinema rating or cinema score or something, but um, the audience score from opening weekend, um, from the surveys did was an A minus, which um, is quite high for one of these live action remakes. They normally get B's. Uh, I think well, yeah, Jungle Book was the only one that did better than that. Well, no, no, I didn't think the Jungle Book was very good at all. I See, I really rated the Jungle Book, but I think it's very hard to in the same way that we've had this about Lion King, should it be called live action? Because essentially the Jungle Book had one, uh, well, one main human character in, in the film for nearly all of it. And there's going to be none in the Lion King. Exactly. None. Um, and we considered that a live action remake, but when really it was um, a really, really good kid against green screen and tennis and, balls. And I'm not going to lie, the Lion King is just going to be a fucking cartoon. Oh, yes. and it is. Yeah, it's just going to be a cartoon, um, and yeah, I've got to admit some of the some of the pops have come out in my local store, and I know they're not fully representative of what the characters all look like. And I've seen the trailers, but, but honestly, I don't like the look of it at all. Mm. I I was more interested in it before I saw Aladdin. Now I'm not, because the thing is, what they've done with this film for me is they've taken the kind of beats and, and the heart of the cartoon, but they have they have reimagined it. It's all pretty much the same order, but they but have changed things. They didn't things. change much, but what they did change worked. Yes. Yeah, and that's it. What I, and I mean, you know, we could say the same about Dumbo in terms of, you know... Dumbo was shit. Well, I, I liked it, but... <laughs> um, but, I can, but I know why it's jarring. And to me, I mean, Dumbo wasn't really... A live action remake. If anything, that was a live action sequel, because it, yeah, no, the original Dumbo yeah. film was condensed into about ten minutes at the beginning of the film. The uh-huh. rest of it was all completely new. So, um, you know, at least you know the argument you have there is at least they they changed the structure of it and everything like that. Aladdin, they didn't change it too much, but what they did, they did well. I think. Um, I mean, a lot of people were um, annoyed that um, Gilbert Gottfried hadn't been. Um, asked to come back and voice uh, 
Is it Yago? Uh, Yago, and I'm 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 on that bandwagon. I'm annoyed because there was no 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 reason not to. Well, see, I disagree, and the reason why is because how many lines did did he have? Ten, twenty, barely any. And but 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 I thought that making him sound like a parrot, like actually sound like a parrot, was. Okay, yeah, they want to kind of ground it a bit more into reality, but once again, there's a fucking blue Will Smith. Well, for some of the film, I mean, I think <laughs> one, I think one of the smartest thing they did because let's be honest, whenever Will Smith, you know, again when the trailers come out, you saw him for the first time, you thought, God, that CGI like looks awful, and it does. It still doesn't look that much better in the finished product. Not not Sonic bad, but it still didn't look great. But what they did, which I think was the smartest thing, was not use him as Blue Genie very much. Yeah, um, I, I agree. But then once again, we go back to the original. Like when he's when he's regular looking Genie, we go back to the original criticism. Remember when that first picture was released um, on the cover? I think it was Entertainment Weekly, and we all went, "Oh my God, what is Will Smith doing in Panto?" And he did look like that. He looked like he was in Panto. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I mean, have, now having seen the actual Panto, I mean, they can call it a live stage show, or whatever they want to call it, but it is essentially a pantomime. Um, you know, again, I think this works a lot better. Because <laughs> it was I also mean, live action. Um, our, our mutual friend Chris keeps trying to get me to go to uh, the 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 fucking West End show. I mean, it closes this summer, as we talked about. Um, I, it, I I didn't pay much to go. I think I think I paid about twenty quid a ticket when we went. That's, that's not awful, but then that means going to London. And exactly i think can if, i be bothered well i think if you're you know if you're planning it as part of your you know if you're if you're planning a trip to london and that's just you know two hours of that trip then it's not too bad but if you're going there just to see it then i think it's a waste um i mean look even for me although that doesn't take me long to get up to london it still costs me the best part of about 25 quid for us to you know if it's just the two of us to go up to london so I've got to add that on top of the cost of, you know, going to see a play and going to have something to eat afterwards. Um, it suddenly doesn't become such a good deal. So unless you're doing well, other exactly. things, it's not it's not worthwhile. And I'm I'm not sad to see it closing, but I think they I, I think with the execution of this, it was it was much better. What surprised me as well, another thing is that this was a guy Richie Joint. I don't think that's what he calls his films, but. You know, to me, Guy Ritchie really peaked with Snatch. He's not really done anything else. I've not seen the Sherlock films, which I hear are quite good, but they're okay. Yeah, not 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 groundbreaking, but they're they're decent enough. But a lot of his output after Snatch has been absolutely awful. Um, I never saw King Arthur, which came out the other year, which apparently was also pretty bad. It was. So I was again, I wasn't expecting much from this, but I think. I think he's done a good job. I mean, this is not going to win awards. This is not going to set the world on fire. This is going to be a big hit for Disney, which is all they really care about. And it's probably going to shift some merchandise. But I think all in all, this could have been a huge 
and we were expected to be a huge dumpster fire. And actually, I think oh, they've done it. They've done really well with it. Yeah, and, and Guy Ritchie's done a competent job of it for sure. Yeah. And I, I've got to admit, uh, I like the fact that they built a ton of really, really beautiful physical sets as well. Yeah, somebody was saying um, that you could tell that you know they were filming on sets because everything seemed quite condensed. But to be honest, I mean, I've been and I know Agrabah is not a real place, but you know I've been to places like Morocco, which you know they've taken influences from from various uh, parts of that world, and um, it's not that dissimilar. It is very compact. It is very crowded. It is very cramped, and everything's on top of each other. So again, I don't actually think they've done a bad job. I think they've. I thought the set design was beautiful. Yeah, I think they. I think they did it really well. I thought the palace was nice. The one thing we haven't talked about, which um, well, there's, there's two things that are like kind of big drastic changes to this, is um, the first one is a, a completely new character. In oh, uh, Prince Anders. Uh, well, actually, no. That, all right, that, there's there's two, because yes, Prince Anders is one. Um, yep. Bit of comic relief, and another bit of comic relief was, uh, I think it was Dahlia, yes, which was the handmaiden, um, which again I thought actually worked quite well. I think it worked quite well. I just think the the actress she's she's one of the ones I didn't think did did a great job. She um. I didn't realise, but she um, has done a lot of sketch comedy and stuff in the States. Um, so that's kind of a, a forte. It's been a bit of a comic foil. Um, but I thought I thought it added a, a nice dimension to, to Jasmine, who I think had been pretty one-dimensional in the cartoon. Well, yeah, they, they, they did more. They did more. She'd have been very three-dimensional with, without the handmaiden. Yeah. Because they re- really did like Jas- Jasmine was essentially a completely new character. They completely reimagined her character. Yeah, and I, but I think they did it well. I mean, I know we've talked about before the fact that, um, especially things like Captain Marvel, um, that there there's a big you know female empowerment in in films at the moment. And yes, but that's how you do it right. Yeah, I agree. This is the thing. That's how you do it right because. It made sense to her story. And also, I think as well, since the original Aladdin's come out, is that we've become more conscious of the kind of um, treatment of women in Arabic countries yeah. as well. So all of this, all of these things she wasn't allowed to do and, you know, who she could speak to and who she couldn't and what she could achieve and what she couldn't achieve they are things that we or or a lot of people now are aware of are are actual real issues. Uh, Yeah. And beyond, but yeah, well, yeah, but um, yeah. uh, And like I say, this is how you do that kind of, it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel shoehorned. It was how you do that type of female empowerment thing. Right. And it doesn't have to be about female empowerment because it was just a way to flesh out the character and also give her an arc because Jasmine doesn't really have an arc. It, she just she, she's just there to, to be the vehicle of of Aladdin's affections in the original, really. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, she she is the successor. She would be the successor. Um, and um, 
she 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 wants to be in that that world of ruling and and uh, absolutely it makes sense yeah well, i i thought it was good uh, and that leads us to the last thing that they added to the film which was a new song now to caveat this, i loved it well i've i've seen the musical as i said and in the musical to pad out the the musical a bit more they put in i think it was i can only remember two songs might have been three but i can definitely remember two that were originally cut out of the cartoon for, for right. time reasons, for pacing reasons. So they were originally written for the film, but not included. And they were both bloody awful. Yeah, and I mean, once again, this is Alan Menken again. Um, and I, I think he's done a fantastic job. Yeah. And and the song was written with, and I can, I can never remember um, their, their names, but it's like, Benji and Paul or something who um, did The Great Showman and uh, the Evan musical that's about to come out over here. Um, so, th- you know, they're quite the, the buzz at the moment. They're, they're like the new Lin-Manuel Miranda, how he was big is, a few years ago. Who, speaking, well, whilst, you're, whilst you're speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, him and Alan Menken are often running on the Little Mermaid, aren't they? They are indeed. Like, I'm a big fan yeah. of Lin Manuel anyway, so um, I know a lot of people. Well, I think he's very Marmite. A lot of people do like him, a lot of people don't. But I think, I think Hamilton's awful. See, I think. Well, I've not seen Hamilton. I've, I've, I want to, but I've only heard the, the soundtrack and I heard it just after it came out, and I think it's, it's great. But I complete. That's the thing. I know it's completely Marmite. You get people that are obsessed with it. And people that can't stand it. So, I, I, and I've I get still it. not seen Mary Poppins Returns. Um, you should. Um, I think it's I think it's actually really good. But then I wasn't a massive fan of the original, so that's why it didn't feel so sacred to me them doing this. Um, but regardless, what I think is interesting is that Disney, and I mean, it's not just with these these three guys as well. You know, they did it with uh, the Lopez. Um, husband and wife with um frozen you know yep. they they'd been writing musicals on broadway for quite a while they'd done although they'd done things like book of mormon and uh avenue q as well as the finding nemo musical at epcot um but you know they're taking you know this real good um you know talent from broadway They've had massive successes and bringing them under Disney's umbrella. I think that's quite interesting. They're never going to find another Sherman Brothers. So I think this is probably the next best thing for them. Oh, absolutely. And it makes it makes sense, you know, because these people are good at this stuff. And Disney, Disney is not Disney without its music. No. No. And we've heard some awful Disney music in films over the years. Yes. You know, there was a there was definitely a golden era about the sixties and a bit into the seventies, um, but we've had some absolute howlers in the eighties, and even in the nineties. Uh, you know, obviously, other than um, the things we mentioned, like the Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, um, we you know got things like um, Pocahontas. Yeah, I don't really rate the songs in that film. Um, Mulan. Mulan is another one. I don't think the songs are particularly good in that one either. That's um, getting a live action, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think that'll be the last Princess one we'll see of those for a while. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, you know, when they're good, they're really good, but they can also be pretty bad. Um, so, I think I think they're doing a good job getting this this new talent. I hope they use them on on more newer projects uh, rather than just these remakes. But 
um, regardless, I just I was really really surprised. I said I really thought this was going to be one of the worst films I was going to see this year, um, and that is down to Disney's marketing as well. I think absolutely, I think the marketing has been, been horrible. Um, I said I was in well, since you're off air, I was in a Disney store today. It's the first time I've been in one since the the film merchandise had been put out, and. I would say probably about 70% of the film merchandise was actually the animated film. Okay. That is not how you sell a live action remake to me. All that's no, doing no, is reminding no. people there's a cartoon out that you can buy on DVD right now. I mean, the, the new Genie mugs that were just released into Disneyland Paris are just Robin Williams' Genie. Yep. So you know, a, a lot, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the merchandise from what I've seen, once again, does appear to just be well, from from the cartoon version. I saw quite a few different dolls. I saw some cheap dolls and and the collector dolls that they always see when there's a new film that comes out that are very expensive. I saw a lamp tea set, like a proper, right. uh, like grown up tea set with like little Moroccan style. Um, teacups, those very short kind of tumbler, almost tumbler-like glasses. Um, and I think there might have been a couple of T-shirts or something. Everything else, like books, other T-shirts, plush dolls, all of that was animated. Yeah, it makes sense. So, um, you know, you had that. And plus as well, I've still not seen a single Aladdin trailer that makes the film look anywhere near being good. Um, and no, that's what their either. job is to do is to sell the film. And but I'm shocked. I'm shocked the marketing obviously worked because they've done well financially. Yes, that's the thing that I can't get my head around is how can it? And the thing is, like leading up to it, nearly everyone that I spoke to um, said it looks awful. So I'm surprised the audiences came out for it, and I'm surprised. And, and I'm pleased that they have, and I'm pleased that the reaction seems to be mainly positive. The reaction to this has been a lot more positive than Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, and I like, but then you're wrong. Yeah, and that's fine. I'm I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> my, my 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 wife, she hated it. My daughter loved it. I thought it was really good. But again, um, Beauty and the Beast was one of those films that I can. I could always admire for how beautiful it looked, and it was arguably the most gorgeous Disney film uh, they produced at that time. Um, but I was never that... I, I, I never got really invested in the film like a, a lot of people did. Yeah. Aladdin was more of my kind... You know, and I suppose that's because it was... a You know, Aladdin's not a princess film, and, and Beauty and the Beast was, but... Um, I like Beauty yeah, and the Beast. I, I love the animated version of Beauty and the Beast. Love it, but this live action remake they did was shocking. There were things I thought they did really well, and there were things that I thought were awful. Like I still don't think Lumiere and Cogsworth were very good for for argument's sake. Um, but I thought um, Gaston and LeFou were were really well done. So, uh, and there's Emma Watson, which again is is very Marmite. So we'll, we'll there's no there. Marmite about it. She's an awful actor. <laughs> But I think the most surprising thing we can both agree on with this is that it ended up being a lot better than either of us expected it to be. I'll go so far as to say it was good. There you go. Is there any higher praise than Ben? I I don't think there is. 
really. Well, well, there is. There is. It's just not reserved for this film. <laughs> so speaking of which, um, I mentioned that I went to see The Secret Life of Pets 2 earlier on in the show. Um, I know you haven't seen it and you're probably not going to see it. But The Secret Life of Pets 2. Um, so I was told it was pretty funny. Um, I went to see it and I fell asleep. That's kind okay. of my that's kind of my review of Secret Life of Pets too. So okay. it was um, it was just fine. Um, what I did see of it, um, I might I, I might go if I've got a spare hour and a half. I might go back and and try and watch it again. I might don't just bother. wait for it to come out on video. Yeah, um, don't bother. Yeah, if you fell asleep, if you fell asleep the first time, just it's, it's a clear sign that, that it was never meant to be. I was quite, I was quite tired, but even so, I saw it in the afternoon and I kip, and that's that's never a good sign. Um, so that's Secret Life of Pets too. But tonight, you have seen a film which I will be seeing. At some point, I don't know when. Uh, I've got other films to watch before I that. I won't spoil it too much, but there's not much to spoil at all in it, really. It, it, take what do you okay? What do you expect to see when you go and see that film? So we're talking about Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Yes. Um, now I've only just watched Godzilla, the 2014 version. God, uh, garbage. <laughs> I only watched it a few days ago, and I, I found it perfectly passable. Um, Why? It's the, the only time you really see Godzilla fight, it, it, it really, is it's on a TV screen in the background whilst fucking Aaron Taylor Johnson's being somber. Yeah, but I, I again, I think, and I mean, it, maybe it's not the, it wasn't the right direction, but I, I think they were planning this to be the start of, and, and we discussed it. There's another film coming out next year, um, a start of this new kind of universe. I really like Kong Skull Island. I, I, I I'm a big sucker for King Kong anyway. Um, uh, but I'm also a big sucker for John C. Riley. So the oh yeah, absolutely, of- yeah, 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 and yeah. he's he's phenomenal in that film. Um, but um, you know, Godzilla for me was really, really kind of starting the groundwork for this, you know, for future films. And yeah. I think that's all well and good if your next film is coming out, you know, in a year or two's time, but there's going to be five years between the first Godzilla and this one. Yeah, but Kong Skull Island was about two and a half years ago. So, yeah, two, two, you know, so that was the next one in the series. It was, but at, at the same time, I don't think it was publicly, like, you know, I think they, they did talk about it in the kind of production of it, that this is, you know, part of the Godzilla monster verse that we're, we're creating and, it will be followed up with a Godzilla versus King Kong film. But I think the general public, you know, when you were watching the trailers for that film, and even when you watched the film, um, there was only a hint right at the end of the credits that it was even linked to Godzilla. So had oh, yeah. you not known that, you wouldn't have known that the films were linked at all. So, you know, I think they should have really done a, a better job of, of that. Um, but I'm glad you've recently rewatched the 2014 Godzilla, though, because I will say one thing: hmm. this film starts during that film. Yes, so I got I got that impression from what I have seen of it already today because it came out today. Um, but 
in this, you asked me what I'm expecting. So I, I think the, the general criticism with the first Godzilla, as you said, is that there wasn't enough Godzilla. Um, this one from the trailers appears to be um, we need to get as many kind of big monsters from the old Godzilla films into this one and have God, Godzilla kind of like front and centre of this film. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, um, you know, because I went into this film with, with the expectation being, um, well, being, because in a film like this, I never expect a decent storyline. I, I never expect to care about the human characters. I don't want to care about the human characters when I go into a film like this. I want to see big, ridiculous monsters fighting each other. That's why these films exist. And the 2014 one did not deliver on that at all. Um, so that's what I wanted to see, and I was not disappointed. Story-wise, garbage. But I, I couldn't help but beam a smile pretty much throughout the entire film. I mean, the first hour or so was kind of slow, but after that, I just beamed from ear to ear. Because you need to suspend your, your expectations of a, you know, a decent quote-unquote movie and story and just go and watch some fucking monsters beat each other up because that's what this these sorts of films are about to me and yeah it didn't disappoint at all that's my godzilla review have we dropped again no no i i was just letting you finish um yeah that's that's exactly what yeah that that's a godzilla film to me is People running about, screaming, going, ah, Godzilla! And, and Godzilla! That, that's about it. That's that's what other context do you need? A big monster's fucking up your city. Um, exactly. That's, that, get the hell out of Dodge. That's it. That's your, that's your film. <laughs> they don't need to keep adding these, these humanised elements. They're not necessary. But but they, they want to do it, and fair enough, they want to do it. But in this movie, they, 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 the, the humans serve the story, but they do keep it to a minimum, I'd say. I mean, it, it's quite a human story for the first hour or so. Mm. But after that, um, it is just monster madness. Excellent. It sounds good, and I will see it. I've got a... Next film for me is going to be Rocket Man. Um, I'm going to see that tomorrow night, and I will see Godzilla as soon as I can. Um, I'm supposed to be seeing X Men next week. I might knock that on the head. I will. I will go I, and see it. I will go and see I've it. I've got my Dark Phoenix tickets for opening night. Yeah, I have, but I'm. I might move them. I I don't know yet because I might just double sit um, Dark Phoenix tomorrow. Might do them both. Oh, might be a nice double bill. <clears throat> um, well, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing Octavia Spencer in a horror movie, really. Yes. I look forward to seeing her in any film, to be honest. I think she's always she's always good. Um, it's, it's just such a weird casting for a horror movie. I think it, it, it looks... looks uh looks weird. If you want to, if you want to talk about a weird horror film, I just before we recorded this, I watched The Perfection on Netflix. No, no. it it dropped this week. Um, it's got um Alison Williams in it, who was um in Get Out. She was the girlfriend in Get Out. Oh, 
Okay. And uh, I don't know if you've watched Dear White People, um, but uh, I think her name's Logan Browning or something. Um, she plays the other kind of lead, and it's it's kind of like um, if Black Swan and Whiplash were kind of amalgamated. And so the kind of shit that cellos. he gets made for Netflix. Um, it, it it made quite a lot of buzz last year. Netflix actually bought the rights to it because of the buzz. Uh, uh, Fantastic Fest it debuted at. Um, did Netflix buy the rights to it for the buzz, or did they buy the rights to it like they did with the latest Cloverfield film? Because nobody actually wanted to fucking release it. Uh, I think Netflix might possibly have uh, bought the rights to that Cloverfield film before they realised what a garbage dumpster that was because uh, no they didn't they bought it very last minute yeah i think paramount were just looking to offload it and and look let's be honest you know it did what netflix wanted it to do which is it generated a huge amount of buzz subscriptions went up and it became one of the most uh watched um films on netflix within its first seven days of being on there it got huge numbers. The fact that it was shit is is neither here nor there. A lot of people watched it that necessarily wouldn't have bothered otherwise, but it's clearly the weak link in that Cloverfield saga. Yeah, and the next one appears to be a direct sequel to the first one, finally. So. Oh, wow. It's only, what, 12 years too late or something? Coming when the yeah. first Cloverfield came out now. I mean, the original, the, the original idea for a sequel to that was going to be the same film again, but from the point of view of the uh, of the army. That's right. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, it, that's or, a film I wanted to see. Yeah, I I, I I didn't hear the army, but I heard it was going to be the same event, the same night, but a different perspective. Um, but regardless, from, you know, from the head cameras of the of the troops. Nice, nice. So we'll we'll see. I was I still got I still go and watch another Cloverfield film. I'm a bit of a sucker for him, but yeah, that oh, paradox yeah. was awful. Well, but 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 both um, Ten Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield Paradox were not shot as Cloverfield films. No, they were turned into Cloverfield films. I, I liked Ten yeah. Cloverfield Lane. I've got like I'll I will die on that hill. I actually thought that was a clever film, but um, I did. I I enjoyed it. But yeah, you're right. The Cloverfield element was obviously chucked in once it was in production, and they shoot him. Hey, you're going to put John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead in the film? I'm going to watch it. Yeah, but uh, both both good actors. Uh, I think that was a bit of a, that was the kind of turning point for him as well because he'd been a bit dark for a while, hadn't he? And then uh, that kind of rejuvenated uh, his career a bit. I mean, he appeared in Kevin Smith's horror film Red State, which I've never seen. Fun enough. It's not awful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 bad, but it's not awful. It's not I mean, yoga hose bad or something. I have not seen yoga hoses yet. No, I've seen I've seen footage of, and that was enough. Um, Did you see Tusk? No, for the same reason. Oh, man, Tusk is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that started off as a conversation on one episode of a podcast. I mean, as a podcaster, I know that that's not how you start. That's not how you write a film. Well it, well, it actually started off because they read out a, 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 it was an ad, wasn't it? An ad in a paper. Yeah. Uh, for a flatmate. Yeah. And uh, it's like, we'll dress up as uh, fucking walrus and do walrus things. Yeah. But but no, Tusk is weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard. I've heard it's not awful, but it, as you say, it is definitely weird. Well, his True North trilogy never came to fruition, did it? Because like most jewels, never got made. He reckons it's still happening. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, you know, he's just he's, finished. He's, well, he's just finished Jane Silent Bob reboot, hasn't he? Um, yeah, which 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 I I don't. I don't expect to be any good because they only took 21 days to shoot it. That's kind of Kevin Smith length, though. He doesn't spend well, a lot of time filming these films, does he? And then so, the, the, also the, the fucking cameo list is insane for that film. Yes, I, I, I heard him talk about that on Babylon as well. It, um, it is insane. It's gonna look. It's gonna be one of those films, like a lot of these films, that will get. It will get a, a similar release over here. It'll be very limited. I don't think it's gonna be a wide release. Um, it will play to fans. Um, I have not watched Strikes Back in years, but I used to think that film was really good. I, I don't imagine it's aged anywhere near as well as I'd like it to. Um, oh, it's still funny as hell. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's it's good. still funny as hell. But you got you once again, you got to suspend your uh, suspend your expectations of it being smart comedy because Kevin Smith's not smart comedy. He's he's he, he's very dick and fart joke old school comedy. Yeah, Dog was pretty probably his best example of of not being that. Although I've yeah. not watched that in a long while actually, so maybe I'm completely wrong. Well, it's got Alan Rickman in it for God's sake. Oh, so good in that film as well. <laughs> so so good in that film. Yeah. God bless him. Right, um, that's all I wanted to talk about in this episode. So thank you very much. Um, I suppose there'll be more reviews when we go and see Mar and Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix is gonna be shit. Well, I'd say you'd heard it here first, but I think we all believe the same. But hey, we've said that, and look, Aladdin turned out to be good. So. Yeah, maybe we'll be no, no, maybe we'll be wrong. No, no, we won't be wrong. This this one, I, I'm sorry. This one, I can I can promise you, I can nail those colours to the mask. Dark Phoenix is going to be a purpose franchise killer. It's gonna be shit, and they're gonna have done it on purpose. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network. 